Hello, hello, hello. You have tuned in to the Cut to Scene podcast and I am Aditya Vijay Kumar and I am Devansh Chaudhary and uh, what we intend to do is uh, try and, you know, just uh, view content, go back and try and see the context in which it was set, analyze it, give our opinions and just, yeah, a bit of casual banter. So that is the purpose. I am, I am Devansh. I, I love poetry, uh, theater, and films. Aspire to be a screenwriter someday, inshallah. So most of my views might circulate around the story of how of how um, the story is constructed and maybe the theatric or the drama aspects of it. Uh, I am Aditya. I am a PhD student. I'm cursing my PhD in astrophysics, but that's not that's not the only thing I do. I also do theater on the side. I act, I direct, I recently turned director and I watch movies. I had a goal of watching at least two movies a week last year, which I completed. But this this year I've not been able to do uh, much. But yes, I, I uh, as Devansh mentioned, while while looking at a movie, I look at the uh, the cinematic aspects of it more than the story, which is a weird thing to say because uh, you can't really decouple them. But but I my my attention mostly goes to the cinematography, the editing, uh, the sound design, and things like that. I mean, of course, we are we are not uh, trained in films. We are really very very amateur, and this is just an attempt to even read more, watch more, and become better at analyzing films and looking at cinema. Yes? Hmm. For the first episode, what we were thinking was which movie should we speak about? And then um, it so happened that I that we chanced upon uh, the portrait of a lady on fire. And uh, so we decided to probably talk about that. Just a sort of a disclaimer before we go ahead. There is a strong... Um, belief between the two of us that all movies deserve to be watched and so you might find uh, references that you might find obnoxious because we might be referring to so-called masala movies but then because of our belief we we generally we do not treat masala the way it is generally seen i i, I would say at least uh, amongst the people that i interact with i feel it's oft misunderstood mm-hmm. uh, it's not given its due and uh, that's probably because there are a certain set of the so-called masala slash mainstream films which are genuinely bad. Mm-hmm. But uh, my my stand on that has always been that not all films are not all art films are also good. The so-called mm-hmm. cinema, if there is a lot of shit out there which we don't even chance upon, mm-hmm. so uh, it, it's the the argument is really that in every genre of cinema there will be the good and the bad and it is unfair to judge that class or that genre of cinema just based on just one movie or some movies which grow more popular than the others correct yes so uh, i think that is my argument and uh, for example and and i also think that a lot of uh, the current day filmmakers uh, who the new crop or in indian cinema and especially hindi cinema the new crop is heavily influenced by ma- masala or mm-hmm. the male mainstream influences. If you if you look at any popular director of the current days, mm-hmm. Zabakar Banerjee, uh, Anurag Kashyap, uh, Zoya, and Vikram um, Aditya Motwani. Honorable, every... honorable mention to Vasanbala. Vasanbala. Uh, yeah. Oh my God. So, I mean, yeah. Vasanbala's Mat Ko Dar Hota is like the epitome of... It's a tribute masala. to the masala. It is, it is literally so, yeah. a tribute to the B grade and it, it was screened at the Midnight Madness section in the Toronto International Film Festival yes. which is in fact meant for B grade films. Received so, uh, a standing ovation and won the Midnight Madness Awards. Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. So so I, I, I think it's pretty unfair to uh, just judge the so-called mainstream films by just saying oh they're mainstream there's no content in them because I think there's a lot of content in them um, and, and and the thing and the point I was making is that even films like Gangs of Vasipur or or even even what like Shanghai or all these films which we consider to be the new crop of Indian cinema are heavily influenced by masala references right. especially Gangs of Vasipur I mean <laughs> it is masala all along look so at the you, last yeah. Gangs of Vasipur I mean who would have like who died like that that's slightly uh, extravagant. I mean, I'm sure yeah, even Anurag Kashyap is not on board with that scene. But uh, yeah, yeah. okay. 
but yeah whatever i mean we get the point across right that yeah, uh, what you consider art or what you consider indie and you consider maybe super cool also also has masala and so that needs to be rightly acknowledged to be so one small uh, point that yeah. i have to make the proceeding is that the the reason why uh, a lot of for example take all of quentin tarantino's films mm-hmm. uh, they pay tribute to the mainstream genre right while also being artistically very very nice but they pay tribute to it and they derive themselves from it for example all of uh, Uh, Tarantino's recent films starting from Inglorious Bastards have been retellings of history and right. those retellings have been told in a very popular manner in the sense they they've 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 been told with a lot of references that that would otherwise if it was not Quentin Tarantino mm-hmm. making it not mainstream and right. it's 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 also basically there's a sociological context behind it and which I don't think a lot of people appreciate right so if yes. all of writing is rewriting and all of watching uh, all of content creation is just recreating content that is already there then well then it comes down to the way you are creating it and the way you are writing probably is what we are trying to say okay so good um uh, just to, just to give a brief context uh, about our backgrounds we is a uh, mallu uh, i yeah. am uh, uh, and he has lived in pune for a huge chunk of life I am a Marwari who has lived in Calcutta for a huge chunk of my life, and then we have spent a lot of time in Bitspilani, and that's where we got to know each other. So yeah, just letting it out there so that in case we use any references of that sort, or just so that you know where we come from, because a lot of views might uh, you know relate with that. So yeah, can I just read out the summary from Google? Sure. Okay, so portrait of a lady on fire, portrait de la jeune fille fou. I practiced this last night. So the the setting is France, 1770. Marianne, a painter, is commissioned to do the wedding portrait of Eloise, a young woman who has just left the convent. Eloise is a reluctant bride to be, and Marianne must paint her without her knowing. She observes her day by day to paint her secretly. So this is the summary of the film as. given on google i think this is the imdb i think this is the summary of the first like first one and a half acts of the film but okay yeah exactly that it is, it is literally that so yeah. uh, i i i actually uh, like the summary a lot because it does not give away anything yeah exactly and yeah. that's that's the question that just crept into my mind are we making this spoiler free or are we giving a spoiler alert but i no. think spoiler. we have to give a spoiler alert yeah because yeah, yeah. Uh, there's no point otherwise discussing it so yeah uh, cool uh, let's start with um, yeah let's start with the broad uh, broad thoughts on the film okay right. go ahead what what did you think of the film okay so first of all uh, just as a tribute to sucharita it's women telling women stories so uh, um, a good move there uh, such stories are needed i feel and uh, i liked it a lot my the constant comparison that i was drawing in my head and this not to bias you but it was constantly about uh, call me by your name and setting it in um, and the movie is set in uh, the 6th 17th century i think uh, uh, near that time like 18th century 17th century yeah and so and uh, the the language used generally is french um, so it's a french movie so i really loved it because of some like because of the following points one is that when it when we talk about a female centric movie it genuinely is female centric there are men only in three scenes in the movie and uh, even then even they do not play like a pivotal role but at the same time you feel the constant hand of the patriarchy all over the plot uh i mean you you know the women are where they are and they're doing what they are doing because there is a constant pressure from the patriarchy uh another thing is that the movie is surprisingly silent it's very uh, it films desire it's trying to portray um, love and desire and uh, and uh, and but it does so in a very very silent way there is it's not i okay this is this is where we contradict i feel it's not very dialogue heavy uh whereas i think you'd get a contrasting opinion from uh, v but um, 
so i i felt that the, and there are two points in the movie where music is used background score is used and very rightly so and very aptly um, so yeah so i i just found it very very beautiful um, every frame of a painting in of of the movie in going with the theme of the movie is like a painting um, and uh, yeah so those are my starting thoughts okay uh so i'll go ahead i i really thought it was a very very well made film uh, uh let me start with the fact that women telling women stories is 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 like very very obvious in right from the you know the way the film is written the plot and the casting and and everything that it seeks to uh, put across uh, so for example uh, as you rightly said there are only men in like a couple or three scenes uh, none important characters so that is the first thing about the movie that jarred me uh, the second thing about the movie that jarred me is the silence which i really did not appreciate at the start i thought it was it was not a feature i thought it was a bug in the in the whole thing and uh, not until towards the end did i realize the reason why uh, why the music was not used so basically i think uh, there there are there are sounds of the landscape meaning the sounds of the sea uh, which we should come to in a bit because the surrounding is the sea uh, so there's there are sounds of the sea and there are sounds of maybe the fireplace but that's it there is not many other sounds used no not a lot of ambient sounds also in the film uh, but apart from that like the the proper score comes in two very pivotal scenes three if you count uh, the piano scene at the start right and and but so so there's the scene where where uh, where the character of uh, Marianne and Heloise uh, Marianne is playing a song for Heloise on the piano that is actually the scene where they sort of bond for the first time where you see a spark uh, the second where scene, you actually see a fire in between the two like yeah. literally yeah. yeah yeah and 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 then the second uh, the second uh, scene is is the one where where her where the idea of the portrait of the lady on fire comes uh, the scene where there is, there is this a cappella uh, singing going on which which i thought i have been listening to that uh, that that track for for like the last week and and the one the end the, the movie ends with a very long piano solo of, i i hope that was piano Uh, but oh, basically it's an, it's an orchestra piece which yeah, is like a, uh, set which is themed on the initial piano piece that he referred to yeah yeah right so um so i i i so this is i guess one more lesson that i got from the film which i have also believed in the past is never leave a movie halfway because you will get really biased opinions about the film in your own head if you do that so that's that's one uh, of course the uh, the acting uh, so so the uh, marianne the painter is played by uh, i forgot her name noemi merlan i am not sure that's how it's pronounced but the, uh, the 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 lady whose portrait is being made that's eloise in this case is being played by adele henel and i uh, only after watching the film that i realized that uh, i have actually watched her in another film and it's it's called uh, 120 bpm uh, again it's it's a it's a french film it's set in paris uh, it's about the aids uh, it's of the about the life of a aids infected person in paris it's a, it's a very very nice watch it's very different from this film uh, in its pacing in its setting etc etc uh and uh, so so i i thought the acting was fantastic even uh, especially from adele henel uh and uh, i i love the minimalism of the film in some places uh the uh, I, i i i did think that it was overly minimalistic in a few places uh i also thought the editing was kind of patchy and uh, inconsistent in parts i mm-hmm. thought the camera work was was something that i do not personally like and i did not appreciate given the context but even apart from these i'm i'm nitpicking only because there is there's only things to nitpick about the film there is not a lot to say artistically uh, which is which is artistically wrong about the film and of course it it has it's 
it's it's a film that speaks to you uh, meaning it it says it has something to say it has something very concrete to say so yeah that those are my uh, long thoughts about the film but yeah yeah like yeah. five cents or something uh, yeah. all right so uh, moving on i i interestingly uh, loved uh, noemi's that is marianne's acting more because so i was listening to this podcast today and i use a lot of support to gain my views right so i was like as in gain more perspective so i was listening to this podcast where the three of them were there and it was an acting podcast and the director selin all the links that we refer to would be linked here would be uh, mentioned uh, it's called uh, back to one actors okay. on acting right mm-hmm. uh, so essentially um, and they they admitted that the movie is uh, it's it's heavily based on glances and uh, it works a lot on that and and then so because of that and noemi isn't a natural painter they got another painter who yeah. uh, like a professional painter to paint the portrait so i i just felt those scenes were brilliantly done because the way she was looking at uh, adele and she she had she had me confused at points where i was like is she looking uh, for the sake of the painting or is she looking because of what she's feeling at that point of time so so that i felt was very very nice um the the third actress is also uh, has also done a fantastic job in my opinion luana bajrami who plays sophie who's the housemaid yeah right she's yeah. the housemaid of the, the the really big castle type house that boys uh, right. lives in so yeah. it's actually a 1700 uh, castle which is abandoned uh-huh. currently and uh, right. so yeah anyways so uh, moving back to the film uh, we'll talk about the starting scene and the sea uh, because that plays out i feel that and in fact i realized this in my second watch that i think that the sea is more than just the sea and it's actually so i have like one theory but um, yeah so what are your views on the sea that uh, how the movie has used the sea um uh, to be honest i i didn't think of it much on my just after i watched Mm-hmm. uh it's only now meaning today that that uh, i sort of think that the sea is not just the sea i mean there's a reason why it's set on an island and not so the movie is set on island on an island which is covered on all the sides by uh by by water and and in in most of the times it 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 we sort of think that uh, they are the only people on that island right so so i sort of got a sense of you know you know two lovers stranded on an island kind of uh, feel um so yeah so that is one reason and uh, i i really do not know uh, i i have not really thought about why the sea was used in the movie right what are so, your thoughts okay so i have a couple of uh, examples uh, so essentially uh, in the start of the movie we see uh, marian riding a boat and uh, she is essentially heading to the island right and uh, this uh, her canvas falls into the sea and she follows it just to retrieve it so uh, first of all one thing that i love about the movie is uh, how rich and how saturated all frames are so they're very rich colors uh, marian is always seen in a very rich um, reddish brown dress and uh, heloise is always seen in heloise is always seen in a blue dress which is like sort of cold um which sort of gets warmer with the movie the blue gets warmer with the movie as as eloy uh, realizes uh, or or also to say feels love uh, is what i see and uh, this color thing is something that i've gotten into after i've uh, watched her because that movie has a strong theme of colors and there is a youtube video around it we could link that too but anyways so yeah so my notes were about first of all they were about the vivid colors um and then i was uh, so then i felt that the sea is a metaphor here for uh, the feeling of love why because uh, noemi as a painter and this also goes with um, the popular theory that to create art you must have you must fall in love i mean love and art are strongly correlated so noemi as a painter when she is approaching the island is um, goes into the sea and she is coming from the sea in fact so uh, she is coming from a place of love adele uh, uh, i mean eloy 
uh, early on in the movie admits that she has always dreamt of running to the sea and then uh, she says that she wants to bathe in in the sea and when asked whether she knows how to swim or not she says uh, i don't know uh, because i've never tried mm-hmm. so i only know when i when i when i try it out and and uh, she finally does try it out when marian tells her that it's her last day there and she's leaving because her first the first draft of the painting so to say is ready uh, and then alois says that okay i think i'll take a bath right now and she goes into the sea and she disappears like she keeps walking into the sea till she disappears amidst the waves she comes back she's cold uh, she's trembling and then she asks marian that uh, did you see me there and do you think i can swim uh, in fact marian asks her first but whatever and and uh, and marian says uh, probably not but you can float quite well i mean you can at least float after which we probably see Eloise's first smile in the movie which That's comes right. in like That's... 40 45 minutes into the movie probably even later yeah probably later i'm not yeah. sure so yeah. so uh, point being that uh, there is another scene where the maid tells uh, the, they find out that the maid is pregnant and uh, this is an attempt to abort the kid wherein they get her to run uh, on a beach between the two and uh, so you can see the sea behind her and uh, what i felt about that scene was that and it was very very surprising that ever since they found out about the pregnancy and all the talk around pregnancy there was no mention of the father of the kid there was no man- and i find this very very unique when it comes to films because there always is either a conflict either a subplot or something or the other around the father but here there was no mention of that um, it was just one line whether she wants to keep the kid or not and she said no and then yeah. they moved to the these yeah. techniques that they are trying to work out right so essentially what what i made out of that uh, running on the beach scene was that this maid has been living here for 3 years as we find out the countess the owner of the castle isn't a very very um so to say a very lovely lady or whatever a very warm lady uh, is what is the vibe that i got and uh, she hasn't interacted with eloy uh, so i sort of figured that sophie the maid is sort of a lonely person and then this this sort of warmth between with two other ladies um uh, that she's receiving this is like sort of the first time that she's receiving this or sort of the the rise of love in her in her life so that is why the, you you see see the sea in the background which is sort of approaching her probably this is reading wow. too too deep into it but i don't know Uh, no, I, I, I think what I felt perfectly uh, acceptable. I mean, I have not heard this from you before this, so mm-hmm. I, I think it's a perfectly acceptable analogy. I uh, uh, regarding your point that you know she feels a sense of belonging with the two women. Uh, I think that's right because if you if you remember, there is a scene where they're sitting around the table and playing cards. I think, right. and that, yeah. that's when we see all the three of them. Right. really laughing right yeah, laughing right. And, and 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 being naughty mischievous etc uh-huh. and uh, and and you're right you don't see sophie the maid uh, like that at any point in the movie in the rest of the film um also uh, because they because there she's always this subservient lady who's who, who is doing her job mm-hmm. and whereas whereas in that one scene she there's like this immense sense of belonging to that right. that Is, is that the scene after which they discuss uh, the uh, what do you say the uh, all yeah, yeah 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 the yeah, story the, of your yeah yeah, yeah. Which, so there, which there are a couple of scenes after that where they discuss that mm-hmm. yeah so so i i i thought i mean that that was a very nice discussion because uh the orpheus and eurydice story is 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 a very i mean i didn't know of the story till about 2 months ago uh when someone someone so there's this there's this uh artist called regina spector mm-hmm. and uh, she she has done a song about this which uh, one of my friends introduced me to and uh, about the the story of orpheus and eurydice and uh, and 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 i i thought it i mean at first when my friend narrated that story to me i didn't think of it as a very um, as a very deep story 
Mm-hmm. I just thought, so the story goes that, you know, um, I mean, there's a lot, lot of context to the story. But the quick point is, yeah, the quick, the quick summary is that uh, Orpheus goes in, so Eurydice has died, Orpheus and Eurydice were lovers, uh, and, and uh, Eurydice has died, so Orpheus now wants to get her back. And uh, she, he goes to, goes to Hades, to the, the, mm-hmm. the god of the underworld, to, to get, get back his wife. Demetrius. So the gods are impressed by his story. Yeah, they get and, very plenty, and, and they and, allow him to take her back. Yes. On one condition. Yeah, and the condition is that uh, while while he goes back, while he walks to the earth, he should not look back. Uh, and uh, and and the point is that when he is almost about to get to the earth, uh, he 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 sort of um, is so overcome by the want of seeing. Uh, Eurydice behind him that he does look back and there he sees Eurydice uh, standing in all her beautiful glory but because the gods had told him not to look back uh, the moment he looks at Eurydice she just descends into the underworld again uh, so uh, there are a lot I mean it, I didn't know that the story had so much depth because uh, there, are, there are a lot of versions so, so what do you think why did your Orpheus look back? I feel uh, I I subscribe to uh, Marianne's philosophy, wherein she says that probably he looks back because he couldn't like he couldn't uh, he prefers her memory over her presence. Yeah. So he makes the poet's choice, and yeah. I being like the person I am, I I would also prefer the poet's choice. But yeah. Uh, so yeah, so <laughs> I I I subscribe to that ideology. But uh, what do you think? Yeah, I I sort of. Uh... I saw that I, I didn't think it was so deep the, the story itself, but I I sort of agree with Marianne too because he made the poet's choice. Yeah. I don't know what choice I would have made. That's that's a very weird right. question to so ask. Eloise's uh, theory to this very interestingly is that maybe yeah. she called out to him, and and that's why he turned. And this uh, this is in in like this is a foreshadowing of what happens later in the movie near the end. Uh, wherein uh, Marianne is exiting the house and Eloy uh, calls her out, and uh, and and then we see the uh, the descending figure of Eloy, wherein like the 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 figure that uh, Marianne has already seen twice, like uh, in the movie already. So yeah, in her in her wedding gown. Basically. Right, right, yeah. right. A white so wedding. So there gown. are a couple of points, very interesting points that I I saw today, wherein I I felt that they were. Uh, foreshadowing the story so there is this one point where um, this one has agreed uh, Eloy has agreed to pose for her this is in the second half uh, so to say and she has agreed to pose for her and then she asks uh, if she uh, if uh, Marianne paints nude photos and then she says of women yes and then she asks what about males and then she says without understanding them uh, so yeah I do it in secret because without understanding the male anatomy, we miss out on the greater subjects. So I do it in secret. It's tolerated. So it's tolerated, but it is frowned upon. So she also does it in secret. I felt this is also a nod towards their lesbian relationship. Uh, because it's tolerated. I mean, if you do it in secret, uh, but it's frowned upon at the same time. And then if you do not, it, without understanding that, you are missing out on the greater subject that is love. Right. So if you completely sort of blind yourself towards homosexual relationships, you miss out on the bigger point of love. Right. So I just felt that was a very nice uh, parallel that maybe they were drawing. I don't know. Yeah, that is that is true. Uh, I, I mean, you sort of can uh, relate a lot of things that happen in the first half of the film right. to the later points. And... Uh, yeah. What did you think about the scene where uh, her skirt catch, catches fire? Oh, Basically, oh God. Yeah. I clapped. Yeah. <laughs> I clapped. Uh, so, in fact, like very interestingly, because the title itself reads in two ways if you insert punctuations, right? It's either mm-hmm. a, it's either the portrait of a lady on fire or mm-hmm. it's portrait of a lady on fire, both of which occur in the film. Yeah. Right? So, uh, so the moment she catches fire is very, very significant to me because fire is always like I, in this movie, at least I always see fire as a, as a symbolism for desire. Mm -hmm. And, and so, uh, in fact, now 
coming since we have already come to this point um i noticed today that even in the beginning of the movie when you see marianne she has got two frames she has got two blank canvases yeah right yeah yeah, yeah. right and yes. and and if you if you notice that very very beautiful scene where she is sitting sipping wine in front of the fire when she is come back and she is drying herself out she is sitting naked in front of the fire there are these two frames both are placed on each side of the fireplace uh huh so it's like you make one painting then you go through this entire process of desire and then you end up with the second painting right which is just amazing and right. like even i am realizing this right now Oh wow! Okay, I I I didn't look I I didn't notice this in the film at all. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. that's that's cool. Uh, coming back to this scene where her her skirt catches fire, uh, it is sort of that moment in the film where love or desire has caught on to Eloise. It's not like it was it wasn't there, but now it's caught on, and even Marianne can see it evidently that it's there. And then uh, it's a very jarring cut after that scene where Marianne tries to pull her up, and then they cut to. them on the island yes wala uh, scene it's very yeah. jarring before before we go into what happens after the scene i would like to talk of what happens before the scene where they go into this fire uh, this campfire kind of place where sorority side sort of thing and 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 this is where the 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 jarriness of of the no sounds uh, no background score gets broken because now they are singing and it is if you if you notice it is like you know it's a it's a smoothly it's a monotonically right. function of uh, in the sense the intensity of the music just keeps on increasing at one point it just fades and it goes catch fire and it 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 i mean i thought that piece was very very uh, it was there was a lot of subtext in that and uh, you could see you could see they are there looking the characters of Marianne and Lois were looking at each other all the time there is a change in their expression there is a more confident expression and it got catch fire and that of course this to signify that that is the moment that their desire has reached a peak so much so that that Lois got catch fire because of the fire of desire and i think the scene after that is where it kiss for the first time Is that right? Uh, correct, correct. They right. cross in the cave. Yeah, yeah, in yeah, yeah. Cave. And then they go to the cave. Yeah, which is another yeah. beautiful scene. Uh, yes. So, um, interestingly, uh, so I was listening to another podcast, and uh, the director was talking about the song, this a cappella song that was happening there. And so, it's a Latin song that she wrote, uh, inspired by. It's based on these lines by Neat, uh, and the lines read. Uh, just a sec. By by who? Frederick Nietzsche I don't know how do you pronounce that name sure. Nietzsche uh, yeah Frederick uh okay so what he says is the higher we soar the smaller we appear to those who cannot fly right and uh, so she speaks extensively about how this has a lot of connotations this has something to do with witch hunting also because which is fly and uh, they were there around a fire which is a burnt uh they are lesbians so or like they are in love with the same gender which is also considered to be sort of i mean it's anti religion so yeah blasphemy is the word i was looking for anyways so so she has a lot of connotations around that which i which i do not fully understand to be very honest but then uh, another thing that i noticed uh, is that um, so i as i said marianne is always wearing red and uh, this one is always uh, eloy is always wearing blue um the combination of the two colors is purple which is often referred to as the color of passion uh, so that is one thing there is another scene where the maid is wearing yellow and these three are there where they go for the abortion and these three are primary colors uh, which give rise to all other colors and then we see this extensive beautiful scene of birthing uh, or abortion or or not <laughs> yeah um, there and what i find particularly beautiful about that scene is that overhead shot when we are seeing the abortion happen but she is holding the hand of a baby and she is yeah. crying yeah which is just amazing which is just another level yes yes that's that's a very very uh, i mean it it takes i don't know it it it's very interesting because that baby could really not have been in the scene 
Yeah. Because and 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 the uh, I I would really like to see if the baby was written into the script, or it I was. I am dying for the script, dude. Yeah. 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 Because I I don't know because this seems like something that I would, for example, if I would do a play or I would uh, you know do a film myself, create a film, I would not I would not think to write this in the script right. at least personally. Right. This would be if if such a thing happens to me, it would come in the middle of me thinking about the scene on set or on rehearsal, and uh, that's why I would really love to uh, uh, see the script of this. Uh, mm-hmm. Also, uh, you you mentioned that you know you don't understand the uh, the aspects of religion and 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 whatnot in in the film, uh, which is which brings me to a slightly tangential point is that. Uh, people people always uh, in my opinion people always think that you should read books on cinema to understand cinema uh, which is something i disagree with i think you should read books you should watch more stuff you should experience the world more you more art huh? it's not just create consume more art consume more things it's True. just consume news like consume go through more experiences yeah for example if if uh, i mean the movie that we're going to talk about next sonchariya if you don't know about certain things right as in the the the, the place the the right. uh, social aspect etc uh, yeah you mm-hmm. you are you you're not going to you really have no way that you can appreciate the film to its fullest right. and of course some people might argue that you cannot appreciate art to its fullest ever but i think you can always try and uh, you should try anyway mm-hmm. uh, go ahead please so one observation was that even the old portrait that the painter has left like because he has smudged out the entire face area uh, when when you zoom out of that portrait even that painting in itself looks like the head is on fire uh, this is just a random observation but okay. one question that is sticking to me is that uh, around 28 minutes into the movie um, the maid goes to and we have seen marianne start painting like she has she has seen eloy for the first time she is she's you know she's sitting around the fire with all those papers where she has sketched the ear on some she sketched some different parts of her on different papers and um, and she has started painting the canvas she started painting the dress and everything and uh, sophie the maid asks her if she has started painting and she says no so i don't really get that part why why did she lie or did she lie i don't know uh i don't know either i mean uh, one a few things that i can think about is maybe she really didn't think that she had started in the sense that she right. didn't think, think that uh what she was doing was i mean maybe for that for her doing that was just preparation it was mm-hmm. not not the start of a finished product Right, and uh, right. maybe that, and uh, I think at least the second time she makes a painting, it's a labor of love. Exactly, it it yes. looks more like uh, it looks more like Eloise and not yeah. a smudged over version of her. Right, right. Uh, so that more looks more real, definitely. Um, yeah. So, so in fact, uh, she says right after the first one, uh, Eloise, when she's uh, when she's reviewing it, she she was like. Uh, and and there's this exchange where marianne says that uh, there are, there are ideas there are connotations there are techniques that go into this and eloy is like uh, is there no are there no feelings and then she was like feelings are just fleeting moments and they disappear and then and then eloy is uh, eloy is like no some some feelings are really deep and they stay mm-hmm. so uh, this i found very 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 nice wherein this exchange was going on where it was pretty evident in the first half itself that eloise is in love or is attracted to this person in fact uh, if we talk about the piano scene eloise is continuously staring at her staring yes. at marianne while yes. she's and there's so much tension there oh god yes um, and, and it's, it's uh, from what i remember it's a shot taken from the back as in you can yeah. only see the backs no no it's like I, this it's it's a front shot yeah but but then i think when it starts it's at the back yeah 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 right yeah. and and you That's can see like the, the the small inch of distance that's between right. them is the tension i mean right. it's it's literally the on screen personification of the tension is the small distance between them and 
so i i have i have been noticing this that a lot of times when uh, when there is this sort of a tension um, the person who has the feelings uh, their eyes continuously flutter from the eyes of the other person to the lips of the other person so there's a constant flutter and right that's right in this scene uh, eloy is actually uh, looks at her looks at her lips looks at her looks yeah. at her lips yeah. looks at her finger yeah and, and, and there's and a Marianne is 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 uh, is actually does not even yeah, know about she's lost yeah. yeah it's a movie i i i have written in my notes that it's a movie of right angles because there are so many shots where the two characters are facing at right angles uh, that is just crazy to me it says something about the dynamics between them but uh, so yeah so uh, marianne is busy playing the piano wow i did not notice that i think that's a very interesting observation Yes, and now that now that you say it, I also remember a lot of shots where where there's this right angle yeah. kind of thing. A lot of them. Uh, yeah. In fact, um, so I have another screenshot here wherein um, the first time that um, Eloise is allowed to go out alone, she goes to Mars. She comes back, and Marianne meets her, and Marianne asks her how it was. Um, mm-hmm. She was like, "I listened to music. I enjoyed myself. I met people. Whatever. All of that." Uh, but i also felt your absence and at this point uh, eloise is looking at marianne marianne and marianne just just stares to her left where um, this one is standing and mm-hmm. then looks ahead and walks away without replying mm-hmm. so so there's a lot of there's a lot of play with these right angles even the piano scene when eloise approaches her she stands exactly at a right angle so anyways so what i was saying is uh, there is a lot of tension there and so so you see that eloise is lost in her dreams because she's staring at the eyes she's staring at the lips and then she's just const- constantly like this fantasy world is building up inside of her and at that very moment uh, marianne says that uh, oh it's good that you enjoy music because milan is a city of music yeah which yes. just smashes into yeah. this dream okay the context is that milan milan is the place where she's supposed to be uh, married off to so she's been she's supposed to be married off to a is noble man and for that i mean that's the reason why her portrait is being painted in the first place right and yeah. uh, and this one's eloise's mom has told marianne to speak to her about milan and convince her that it's a beautiful city so yeah i just found that very very nice wherein uh, because by that time you also sort of start seeing you start feeling that this girl marianne also has something for eloise yep and uh, the moment where um the person knows that there is something between the two of them but still refuses to go into it as another cathartic bliss so yeah. i i don't know i this this rings very close to me at least i can relate to that yeah <laughs> like i i can really relate to that because i think i've done this in the past anyway uh, so let's wrap things up uh, what do you think about the ending can, can i start by the way yeah yeah definitely yeah. so uh, so the end, i mean so so basically what happens is that uh, the job marian's job is done and and she's uh, she just leaves the mansion with with uh, and and of course they do, their their relationship does not see any end now in almost like an epilogue to the to the film uh, there is this there is this uh, exhibition happening uh, of of marian's paintings and she's there and uh, marian just shows people around she sees that eloise is actually there in that uh, she 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 realizes that eloise is actually there in that place where the exhibition is happening and there's a concert happening apart from that and uh, so she she goes into the concert hall and uh, they they and and this is one more right angle shot by the way uh, she g- goes she sits on huh. one of the booths yeah and on the opposite booth is 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 eloise who's not really seen her and she really does not see her at all yeah. but uh, so it's 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 basically marianne looking at eloise and eloise looking at the orchestra which is basically forming a like right angle and we see the end of the film is basically the camera zooming in on eloise's face which goes from a normal expression to just intense sadness as a orchestra piece is playing in the background and why why is she going to intense sadness because she realizes that that piece is the same as the one that uh, marian played to her on the piano so though she's not noticing marian in that very hall she uh, starts crying and we i mean and and 
holding on to her weeping uh just because uh, she realizes that is the same tune which i thought was a brilliant way to end the movie because and also all- because this oh, sorry uh, this also says a lot about the tune because the tune when initially it's described is the coming of a storm oh, yes. right so that's where it starts from that's where eloys uh, starts noticing it and is, is starting to cry and then the second part is the insects have noticed it and the insects realize that a storm is coming so the insects ka this thing starts and that's when eloys actually breaks down yep. right and then then it goes into the coming of the storm finally yep. so so that yeah. says a lot about uh, the feelings of the character yeah i think i think it's one of the best endings i've seen in a film of yeah. late i i really loved it and especially uh, one of the best endings in a in a so called love story uh, oh, i just course. i i just i just thought it was really really cathartic and a brilliant way to end the movie because for me uh-huh. movies that have a bad ending i can appreciate whatever happened before the ending one one such example of such a movie is florida project whose ending i hate the last 30 seconds uh, just spoiled the movie for me the point is after after i watch a movie i want that movie to stay with me and uh, i want the ending to be an escalated ending you understand i like it to be an epilogue instead of an ending which uh, which 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 perfectly was satisfied with uh, this film and i thought it was one of the best endings that i've seen in some time mm-hmm. yeah but you had something so uh, yeah i have like a couple of things some lines that stick by me uh with this movie is the first is when they're talking about uh uh the convent life and she says equality is a pleasant feeling really struck me um second is when eloise is describing her situation uh where she is forcefully being married off uh, to a man she does not know and um, and this one instead uh can choose sort of marian says that she can sort of choose and eloy says you can choose and that's why you don't understand me mm-hmm. and then marian says that i understand you but uh, yeah i mean so that that really um, stuck to me in a way um, another thing is that um, all the shots of the movie uh, they majorly had either like they were very they were pretty symmetric in the sense that the characters were generally in the center of the shot like if it's covering one character they'll be at the center if it's covering the three characters then marian would be sitting in the center eloise on her right and the maid on her left on the dinner table so uh, why i'm saying this is because when the first painting is shown to eloise is the first time eloise actually crosses the frame after she's done fighting with marian she crosses the frame right. um, to go fetch her mother so that uh-huh. was another point that sort of stuck that this like this this marks a dime, like uh, a conflict in the relationship yes uh, right and uh, apart from that obviously the ending is is uh, amazing i love it because first of all the acting i mean the brilliantly portrayed because it's a very very long shot on that character's oh, face fucking single dialogue yeah. in that and scene no dialogues and it tells you the whole story again and yeah. i mean um, and um, i'll have to go back to the beginning where um, so this one is uh, marian is teaching students how to paint she is she is the subject of that painting and she says uh, take time to look at me uh, because and that is symbolic uh, of why she probably gets the second painting right because mm-hmm. she has finally taken time to look at her um, the second is see see how my hands are placed and there is a lot of focus on the hands here because um, there is a particular way she places her hands which yep. was not which was not by the way the way the hands were placed in the first in the painting that the other painter had made right. uh, the hands were placed differently so uh, so yeah i think the movie is is uh, sort of rewarding in that sense the more you watch the like the, the 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 frequency of watches would give you more insights i think which is which is to say for any other uh, brilliantly good, made good. film yeah. yeah for any other good film but um, but yeah it's just uh, i mean the the catharsis of all of it is just something that that really strikes me uh, while call me by your name was a more sort of uh, the catharsis of a teenager even oh by the way even call me by your name ends with a similar scene i uh, uh, yeah that's right yeah, the call he cries he yeah, cries in yeah. The, yeah in front of the bonfire 
very mm. interesting i hadn't uh, thought of that but um, even there the person who's the the protagonist so to say i'm i'm not like dividing into protagonist or whatever but i'm saying that the person who's fallen for in love uh, is the younger one is the less experienced one is the one who has been closed off while the other person is more uh, open so to say um, anyways by the end of the movie we looked that the we see that uh, at least marian's costume has changed from being the bright red that she generally wore to a cold blue mm-hmm. uh, which again says something to me um so yeah these are our our 50 cents about a move about the movie so thank you for tuning in listeners we are here do tell us uh, what you like about this podcast and what you don't about this episode and do recommend movies that you would like to us, like us to cover in the forthcoming episodes you can find me at uh, also goes by v on twitter and you can find devansh at uh, devnash on twitter and insta yeah and we'll put up some links in the show notes please feel free to check them out give us feedback we it's really important for us to hear back from you thank you Thank you so much bye bye